A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to Lawyers and Libations with Sarah and Rebecca and our very special guest today, Carrie. We're so excited to have you. I am very excited to be on here with you ladies. We just keep hiring strong women. That's our goal. Eventually, we're just going to take over the uh, legal field with strong fucking women. Take over the world. And y'all did need a ginger. I was asked on multiple (laughs) occasions. Are you going to be dyeing your hair blonde? No, fuckers. No, Mm -mm. No, we need some diversity. Right? Yeah. Right? Hello? Redheads are fun, too. Uh, We try. We're a little crazy. They are some fiery bitches. My sister's Um, a redhead. So you brought us a fun drink. I've not had a sip yet. What did you bring today? What is it? So I am a basic bitch when it comes to cocktails. I am mainly wine or champagne, and the only cocktails I will drink are a dirty martini. Yes, That's girl, yes. We have a couple of those. Oh, yeah. They're delicious. Um, or an old-fashioned. It has to be a good old-fashioned. And I happen to know the person who makes the best old-fashioned in Atlanta, my husband. Ooh. Um, also a ginger. Also a ginger. Also a you ginger. Know, we find each other. You should see their babies. Oh, yeah, my They're children so are gingers. Cute. We are you know, just it's a important because y'all are kind of a dying uh, breed. We so, are. Yeah. My hairdresser actually said that we are repopulating the world because yeah. gingers are going extinct. My mom's a redhead, but my dad doesn't, so none of us. See, I always, I've always figured out whenever I see like people who has like one parent that's like a strong redhead, their kids are always redheaded. Like it happened with my my Sarah, my friend Sarah Flamin. Like her kids both have really pretty red hair. Like, is is it like a dominant gene thing? I don't know how it works. I don't have you really done the know. So like, I, I haven't really done. You think that I should? So my parents were both brown hair, brown eyes. My brother's brown hair, brown eyes, and tan. I mean, you know, I was. Joking last night. There was like, a milkman involved. I know. I just, he used to tell me that all the time. I don't mean to know. burst your bubble, but right. If I didn't look so much like my mom with brother. red hair, then I would totally believe you. But my brother you do. You do told look me growing up, you know, you're the milkman's child. I used to have to wear a t-shirt to the beach because they didn't have these great sun shirts that they have now. I was in an aerial t-shirt and socks on the beach. A socks? Yeah. That's fucked up. I think I had to help the kids with their gene study this year. I think it's a recessive gene. It is a recessive gene. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Does that mean it's not dominant? That means that they d- it's not automatically you get redhead kids mm-hmm. if you So have- if you have to do like the little, what's the square? I can't remember what it's called. So it would be if both of your parents had recessive, it would have matched up. Yeah. So a one in four chance so that you have red hair. redhead on both sides of my family, just not my parents. But like, for instance, my husband's whole family is redheaded. His sister has very pretty red hair. She married a brunette. None of her children have red hair. And I know she's devastated about that. But like, it it, it just, it, and then I met a guy last night. He was very olive skin toned. His wife is blonde and he has a ginger child. Really? I don't know how the hell it happens. Huh. Just sometimes God is just like trying to fuck with people and he throws a redhead in there. Well, I mean, yeah. I think I it's it. stunning. Well, My sister is has the most beautiful, like, dark red hair you've ever... And I'm like, fuck, I didn't get that. This is some fuckery. It's such a You know, as, as a child, I got made fun of a lot with it. So, you know, it wasn't a cool thing to be a ginger. Now it's a much cooler thing to be a ginger. So I think my kids are being raised in an era where people will dye their hair that color. 
So, but do you as guys a child, like who? see each other like from across the street and give each other? Is there like a ginger like gang sign oh, or something? I, oh yeah, I get comments all the time from people about it. Like I actually had a man I was dropping off my dry cleaning and he commented on my hair and he was white headed and he was like, I used to be a ginger and I was like. Oh my God! It's a secret club. I'm not in this club. Right? I know. I'm sorry. Don't ever dye your blonde. Sorry. We're fucking no, a diamond. There was a time where I had, and yeah, I know. I, you dyed I your dyed hair blonde? My, I no. Blonde. How did I it go my back? Hair brown. No man. Well, I was poor when I got right out of law school, and so and then I was like, well, shit, I'm gonna have to go back to my roots. Well, but so. did it did it come out like a skunk? Was it like a whole level of like red versus blonde? Um, like a line? Did you pixie cut it like I showed you my pixie cut last <laughs> night? I loved your pixie cut last night. Is I totally forgot about that. this Rebecca's like Sharon Stone lesbian oh haircut? Oh my God, she looked phenomenal. You are so sweet. I, I was like, she. I was expecting it to look awful and I was like, you need to cut your hair like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's the growing out stage. Just like when it That's mushrooms. That's the transition. Like oh, heart transition. Yeah. yeah. I called mm -hmm. it the Meg Ryan haircut. I did the short oh, Meg God. Ryan mm -hmm. right when I graduated from college. And I had hair, you know, I mean, like, I, I always like to be able to cover my boobs like a mermaid if I come out of a pool. Mm -hmm. That's how long I like my hair okay. generally. Um, and all of a sudden, I chopped it off Meg Ryan style, and I was like, holy fuck, that was a terrible Meg's decision. Hair was short then, and then I did, I cut mine like Reese Witherspoon. It was like the Sweet Home Alabama movie came out, so I had that haircut. Oh, oh that yeah. was cute. Yeah. She always has good haircuts always in good all hair. movies. She I feel does. like she just ages in reverse. She's still mm -hmm. so stunning. So I still haven't had a sip yet. Tell me oh. what's, so um, tell us more so about the old So it's delicious. <clears throat> tell us what's in it. So an old-fashioned. Well, this one we didn't have... Uh, rye whiskey, which is usually what I prefer. So Wait, I, I thought Jeff is just... like required a rye. He does. He does. So and he's angry I like with rye, you for this. but we already had bourbon at the house, so we just used what the kind? bourbon. Um, I think that this is Mitcher's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be Bullet. I was not present when he was making it. It was like earlier today. He was like trying to make me try it. And I was like, Jesus I Christ. love him he's for that. Best. What he's a love bug. Thanks, you know? Jeff. He's very yeah, good. Right? It's delicious. Um, he actually does so make good. a really, really good he old make, fashion. He makes them a lot for us um, at home. And I'm notorious for, you know, maybe taking a weed gummy laying on the couch yes girl. and same oh and then you an old fashioned and then i pass then out you and i don't bourbon. even drink any yeah. of it it's he all so over he gets it's so all pissed. over so yeah. um i don't know anything about that <laughs> yeah that doesn't happen to me ever so i'll Never. have to make you and we just got back from wisconsin and up there you have brandy old fashions so you make them mm -hmm. with brandy and we got our sweet with pickled mushrooms I feel like you told me about so this. Good. Sounds very odd. But you I told me this. You mentioned anything. mushrooms mm -hmm. and you lost me at yeah, that yeah. point. I was but afraid. it does like a good sweet and then the pickled mushroom randomly in like the sweet old fashioned. <laughs> it takes on a very like almost like a salt and vinegar chip. Tea. I, love and I do chips. like salt. Okay. And I so like good. things that are pickled. Could we do mm -hmm. it like and a I pickled like onion instead? I fucking hate Some it. people do them with pickled onions, but I so I'll get everybody to get extra pickled mushrooms and then I'll take everybody's mushrooms at the end and eat them. Yeah. so good. No, uh, but what is in here? So we've got uh, we've got a bourbon and then what else is in it? Yeah, so then there's some bitters, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. then simple syrup. Mm -hmm. And I have an orange peel and a cherry, even though traditionally old fashions only have an orange peel. I love a good It's good delicious. Cherry. Yeah, there are little, little hints of cherry. Little mm -hmm. hints of cherry. 
Um, and then good. like a little um, a little bit of water to cut it, and mainly from just from the ice melting. So I didn't add extra water. Yes, I like mine um, watered down. I'm not gonna lie. A little bit, you yeah. know, because I feel like sometimes it gets better as you're drinking mm-hmm. it. Um, I agree. That's what I do with my bourbons. I do bourbons on the rocks, and I love a good bourbon on the rocks. Yeah, that's my that's my evening, so I don't kill anyone. No. Cocktail. It's a very. I don't love those. So yeah, I like my tequila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rebecca will be like, yeah. See, I in college, uh, my best girlfriend Colby, who lives up in Atlanta, we were the only girls who we would drink scotch in college. I drink scotch. Scotch and water. Yeah. It was shit scotch. It was doers. Oh no, that's what I drink. Right? Doers we like, on the oh, rocks. I want some doers on the rocks. No, I was doers on the water. rocks every day. <laughs> Every day when I go to we the bar. We thought we were so cool. Obviously. Um, I still do like a good scotch. I have not touched Dewar's um, in, yes. in a while. I think that. Um, I mean, it well, could be are good. So weird. I just feel like it's like a, it might be just an old person's drink. It's such an old person's. My granddad used to drink scotch. Mm-hmm. I used to like, he used to drink scotch and smoke cigars. And I like loved yes. the smell when I was little. Yeah. The only way I can drink scotch is if the ice melts and then it's like watered down scotch. I love a good smoky scotch. That's oh. so all I drank when I was in Portugal because I didn't no have scotch. bourbon. Scotch. Do they have wine there? I think I would just drink wine. Lots of wine, okay. yeah. I, I do like wine. I do like yeah, wine. Yeah, but the, the wine. so I don't murder anyone. Mm-hmm. Cocktail in the afternoon was always a big scotch. On last, the last night was the first time I had wine, I mean, probably in a month. I had the worst hangover this morning. I think it's the sugar. I feel maybe. like it's maybe like what you're used to drinking. I drink wine all the time. Um, I We probably you know, drink wine pretty much every night. Um, and I never get hangovers from it. Because um, it's your normal because drink. Because it's my normal drink. But if I throw a liquor drink in there, which I'm only typically drinking on the weekend, um, especially if I, like, go out and drink, like, multiple vodka sodas at, say, <clears throat> Johnny's Hideaway or something like that with Rebecca, then I feel like absolute dog shit the next day because it's just something I'm not used to drinking. Right. Or if I drink beer. Like, we went to some breweries... Um, actually, some really cool breweries over in Grant Park mm-hmm. um, last weekend with the kids. Because nothing like kids and breweries. <laughs> best right? I'm like, I was literally Googling I did not family-friendly breweries. We do. Yeah. We do the same thing. We'll be like, go play uh, some shuffleboard or something it's out the there. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca, you did also have a, um espresso martini kind of you thrown did, in at yeah. the end that, with that some wine. Yeah. you over the with, edge. With like rice something that was weird. Yeah, it was the rice milk thing or something you were like what did you put anything in here and they were like oh no dairy just rice milk or something and you're like weird okay yeah (laughs) yeah i did see you drink that and then i think we maybe went back to wine i had a glass of champagne so needless to say i woke up and i felt like shit this morning because i mixed all my alcohol so i think it's when you mix it or when you're drinking stuff that you're not used to drinking well i had to go to the orthodontist at eight for Hayden and for me, and, and I was like, that, I was like, oh my mouth. god, Betty was like, how many cocktails did you have last night before you came and dragon <laughs> yeah, breathed in god. here? Yeah, he can. Gotta, he can taste them when you're opening your mouth. I don't know people are, are dentists or orthodontists. Gross. Well, and they don't have masks on anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if I were them, I would well, just wear them all the time. Need, if I was but I feel mouth. like they wore masks before COVID, and then during COVID, what all of a sudden you're like, I think now they're fucking them out. they're done. Freedom. <laughs> um, so we're so happy that you're at the firm. We are. Yeah, so give us some of your background. Um, where were you born and raised? <laughs> um, so I know you can't tell it because I don't have an accent anymore, but I am from Valdosta, Georgia. Ugh, the hotbed of Valdosta. <laughs> Cosmopolitan. Love it. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. The thriving metropolis. Yes. Um, did you play sports in high school? I did. I played all the sports. My dad was always very athletic. Um, I played basketball, softball, volleyball, soccer. I feel most female litigators were pretty damn athletic and competitive. As I just, did. yeah, I did a lot. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope my kids will do some semblance of sports yes um well, they're so young so they they yeah they're getting i know i am enjoying still having my weekends to Welcome myself to the fucking rest of um, your life tell on earth um, um and then where'd you go to undergrad so i went to valdosta state okay. um i actually my best girlfriends who i actually texted about uh coming on the podcast because i was like bitches i need a cocktail <laughs> and they were like listen we got you one so in we college got you which I didn't do this. I was this close, but we used to get, do apple pie shots. Oh, I used to have those at the frat houses. Oh, my God. No, but what is oh it Oh, my God. Again? Okay, it's so like... You, you literally have to, like, put your head backwards. Right, and breathe in. Vodka, apple juice, whipped cream, and cinnamon. And my girlfriend, and like, Brooke, used it. to be real mm -hmm. heavy on the cinnamon. Because you'd, like, lean your head <laughs> over, like, the... Yeah, and then you'd have to shake it up. Cinnamon challenge is, like, remember that whenever you were, like, in high school or college and you'd have to... People die. Eat a spoon of cinnamon. Everybody starts fucking coughing and going so it goes into, into terrible your lung. Fits. Like people so, were, yeah. like I think so would that happen whenever you're taking oh my God. Shot? Yeah. She would she would just dump all the cinnamon on your face. God, that's so we didn't do that's the actually cinnamon. hysterical. Mm -hmm. I couldn't support so that. So they were like, more. oh my God, if you we will pay you if you bring apple pie mm -hmm. shots. And I considered it and I was like, and then I'm gonna have to get up and then I'm gonna have cinnamon all over everybody and, and she's gonna be John, I don't think would be thrilled with us no. ruining no. it. No. Is that in I think that's the one in college where you would like they would have the chair, yeah, and, and you would like lean back. And oh they no, would... that's an upside down like. Yeah, do you do an upside down margarita? Upside but down margarita. also the apple that's pie. That's how the apple pie one exactly was too. Mm -hmm. Yep, but a hall crawl. That's Isn't that what they used oh, to call God, them in college? Hall a hall crawls. crawl. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do um, what are they called? Where you hurdles? Did you do hurdles? I don't so know. So at the DU house at at UNC, they had hurdles, and what you would do is you'd have ice cube trays. Filled up generally with, I don't know, fucking like Everclear and mm -hmm. some sort of like Kool-Aid or something. Ugh. And they'd go down it and you would have a straw and you'd be next to somebody and you'd race down the fucking ice cube oh, tray yeah, to see who hurdles. won. Mm -mm. I could have won because I'm so good at shots though. <laughs> it didn't end up mm. well. It was I'm awful. not good at shots anymore. I used to be good at I shots. I love shots. And funneling. I actually used to be really good at funneling. I do like yeah, shotgunning right? a beer. Oh, I used to love to shotgun a beer. This was all being from Valdosta. All right, and then it I sounds like the we're all a bunch of raging me. alcoholics. I'm going to try tie us back in. So then you got your law degree. <laughs> yes, and right. then we moved to Atlanta um, in like 2011. How'd you meet your husband? We met um, actually on a study abroad. Gingers.com. We, we met on gingers.com. <laughs> 
find you. Study abroad, we'll find We met on a study abroad. Actually, um, we were in Italy studying abroad in law school. Where? And we met. So we did like Rome, Florence, Venice. Um, We became friends. They had a study abroad in law school? My law school didn't have that. Ours did, but I didn't know then either. We did it through the University of Miami. Okay. Um, So I like transferred to the University of Miami, did the study abroad, um, and then the credits transferred over. It was just a raging party. Party. The entire time. Oh, my God. It was so That's when I studied abroad in Florence. So, yeah. summer. So, yeah, that's how we met. And then we dated through law school. And then we moved to Atlanta together. He um, has always worked in the uh, insurance industry. He used (laughs) to work for ACE, and now he's at RSUI, so he handles um, claims. But, like, excess trucking claims like high, he's in claims. a exposure bad bad multi-million dollar so is he an attorney or is he does he handles the claims directly okay. so he has to uh, assign outside counsel okay because he's mainly handling claims in like california and mm-hmm. texas he rarely has georgia cases so it's actually really entertaining when i decided to switch over to the plaintiff side he speaks a lot at different conferences and stuff and he always brings up the antidote that his wife just became a plaintiff's attorney and they're like mm-hmm. well, you gotta get all this they're stuff. like yeah. what are you gonna do i know they're like we're gonna sue the shit out of you jeff good luck um i'll conflict her out i'll take you on my own oh exactly mm-hmm. exactly so so yeah so then i did a brief stint at a plaintiff's firm right out of law school. That, that did will not, not be go named. Well. That did no, not go well. But that did um, not go well. It was not then, a good, it was not a lovely experience for you. Which is probably why I stayed on the defense side for so long after that, because I just did not have a good experience. Um, it was right under a year. I was during the time when the economy was shit. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was literally putting on a suit in the morning, going and taking my resume to people. So it's such a different than it is now yeah. with regard to getting oh, a legal for job. Sure. Um, so then I... What year was that? Whenever you so that out? would have been 2011. Uh-huh. Um, so I worked there um, for a little less than a year, maybe like 10 months. And then I had a case with Len Olmert. Mm-hmm. Who plucked me out? God, I love that woman. Oh, she is one. Of, so she is Lynn so Olmert is She's amazing. Uh, just for our listeners. She is a partner at McAngus, and she is one of the kindest, most intelligent, uh, lovely, fair defense lawyers and partners that I've ever met. So, oh, absolutely. Um, and I've had cases against her and worked with her, and mm. she is. Just one of the best. So the fact that you got to be mentored by someone like her. Oh, absolutely. Good it, grief. I feel like it really shaped my practice. Um, so I, I was with her and another one of the partners, um, Chris. I've been with, I was with him for like 11 years. We were at one firm. You were a baby lawyer yeah. when I met you. Oh, yeah. My my first case against you was uh, with Whitlock mm-hmm. and I was an associate. And I was like, she's so cute. I love, <laughs> she's going to be like my new little sister. I love her. You were fun and feisty and oh, yeah. smart and reasonable, all of the things that make you a good litigator. Um, and I immediately said to you then, if you ever switch side, oh, yeah. To the plaintiff's side, you have to come and work with me. Um, and that was always my dream. And that I always I wanted to come to Girl that. World. Yes. I always wanted to come to Girl World. That it is, we are the only, probably, are we the only like female uh, plaintiff's firm 
I would say like 99%. What a few. Yeah, I can only think of a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where there's multiple female lawyers all mm -hmm. together practicing mm -hmm. together. Um, yes, and so I always wanted you to join us. One of our dearest friends, Brian Bucklew, he, his nickname for you is Ginger Bomb. So it'd be like, what's Ginger Bomb doing? Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to fucking get her to come work with me for the love of God. Get her over here. And then you decided that you were thinking about making a switch. So you were a partner at McAngus. I was. Okay. Um, so after my first, so I have two little girls. <clears throat> How old are they and what are their names? Um, so Frances is four. Mm -hmm. She's fabulous. Mm -hmm. She wears cute little glasses. She's adorable. She looks just like my husband. The both of your daughters are like magazine worthy, ginger, precious, cute little They're monsters. So I've cute. never seen anything more cute in my fucking life. You I know, mean, besides I'm, you I'm and your husband, y'all are pretty, pretty cute. Biased. I'm not, and I think they're fucking <laughs> cute as shit. Absolutely. They're a lot of fun. It's yeah. crazy. We're in the thick of it. My youngest is the typical second, second child. child. You met her. She kissed you right she on the yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I She's, walked in. She was like. She is a vibe. Uh, her name's Edith. We call her Edie. I Christine. need you. those little kisses for me, She is a fucking vibe. She is like a trip. Like no she fear. She will literally no fear. Get in here, little She monster. doesn't know a stranger. She'll just hike it on up. She's a good conversation starter because literally I'm and how old following is she? around. She's 18 months. Uh, She's going to be a Handful. She have those cheeks. Oh my gosh! Yes, blue what eyes. What about what about those little thighs? Does she have thigh rolls? She's not quite. My oldest was all chub. Mm -hmm. Um, she was like thick baby. I loved it. Thighs wow. and Edie's cheeks. a little bit. She's day. a little chubby, but she's not quite as thick as Francis was. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they're a lot of fun. We totally good do. grief. So it is. Uh, so you decided to make the switch, and it is. Yes. I will say being a defense attorney, partner, mom, all of those things get very tricky as your kids start getting older. And it does. I mean, all of the things, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide to make the switch? Well, you know, I had kind of been thinking about it. After I came back after Francis, I didn't really have a hard time adjusting. Um, and then I made partner. Um, and I will say one thing I struggled with as a female partner at a defense firm is they put, obviously, you know, you have the billable hour requirements and you're trying to keep up and coming back after having kids, it's always a struggle. Like I was always really good at billing hours pre-kids. Like I crushed it. It was just something that kind of came naturally. Mm -hmm. It didn't really bother me. I always kind of felt it annoying. But um, after I made partner, I felt like they there was in addition to billing hours and trying to get clients and marketing with adjusters and all the things there were also all these like leadership positions they would want you to do and mm -hmm. i'm i volunteer for everything it's just my personality so i felt like on top of you know having young children and billing hours and doing all this stuff they were like okay well we want you to do xyz and it didn't really correspond to additional compensation. And I was like, this is time that's being taken away from my family. I'm struggling. So with the second, you know, I'm coming back and my daughter's like sick, like every other fucking mm -hmm. week, because that's what they do when they're in daycare and it they're is. constantly yep. sick. And like, I just struggled a lot more after that one. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I loved the people that I work with. I still yeah. do. I still, there's still some of my closest friends. I love and the people yeah, that you I work know. with. Yeah. I feel like as, as a defense firm, like MGC, they do what they can and they really are supportive of women in the extent that they can be.
Right. Um, but there's just, you know, it's an antiquated system. The billing of the time, just it's just antiquated. And until the insurance industry decides to change it, they're always going to lose women at a certain And time. you don't, and I, before I switch sides, I managed our workers' comp group on the defense side. And that was one thing we were always talking with that carriers were like, can we, because like if you're an efficient worker, you totally don't get rewarded because you're not mm-hmm. billing enough time. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm a quick writer. I have good grammar. Like I don't have to go back and fix everything. Mm-hmm. But I would bill less hours than the person beside me because they weren't as smart. And so you're like, you're totally penalized unless you're able to put in the time. And like my husband traveled, so I could never, there was no way, particularly three kids, that I could keep up. And that's why I think you'll love, I mean, it seems like you already like it and you're doing great. But you can put your kids down and catch up on emails for 30 minutes at night and you're not worried about billing four hours. You're just catching up on emails. And if you can do it in 30 minutes... Hell yeah. Like, yeah. then you can go to sleep. Well, or you can do some yeah. self-care and not be like, oh, I've got eight more hours to go today. It was just annoying because I feel like I would get what I needed to get done and then I'd be like, well, fuck, I have like four more hours I need to bill so that I can meet this. And then I'd go on vacation and I'd be worried about billing time. And that's and so depressing. That's so that was just, it started to really wear on me. And then I always really struggled. Um... Obviously, you have some claims where, you know, there's fraudulent claims, and, and that is why the system is how it is. And But a lot of times I found myself struggling with defending positions of certain clients, and I felt myself empathizing more with the injured worker. Absolutely. And I feel like as defense, and you guys probably know this, like, Clients are drawn to similar-minded defense attorneys. So, like, you're going to have an aggressive client. They're going to find an aggressive defense attorney. Like, I would have some clients that I would market with. They'd give me some business. And then we realized we just didn't have similar. Didn't like, mesh, yeah. Um, so my best clients um, at my firm were more, they were aggressive when they needed to be, but also. They would more, listen to your They would advice. listen to my advice. Absolutely. And they liked settling cases and closing them and trying to manage, like, claim costs and stuff like that. Um, But even still, I would still have some where I would have to be like, I can't defend this position. And it's not personal to you because it's a job. And sometimes I feel like you get so, as an adjuster or defense attorney, you get so desensitized to stuff. You do. And then you realize that, oh, wait, this is someone's livelihood or this This is someone who needs surgery. And I felt like I just... It just was a better fit for me. Well, and, and I've one thing you'll like about this that took a minute. So when you do defense work, you typically have like three or four major clients. Mm-hmm. So I had like four major clients and I did all of their work for South Carolina. But if you piss them off, if you or if you're okay. not willing to advocate for a position, they'll just yank your work and take it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. a tough, whereas on like this side, if your client doesn't like you, which is not going to happen very often. It might be your personalities don't match. They'll get a new lawyer and you're not losing a quarter of your business. Yeah. You know, like it's a very, like on the defense side, I think you have to, it pushes you a little bit to sometimes support positions that you that know. You don't agree. Yeah. yeah. I, it, Whereas on this side, if our client's lying and we think they're full of it, we can just fire them. Yeah, we can. I, and you don't have and, to and go and to that's management. that's the good thing. You don't have yeah. to deal with anything like that about worrying about, mm-hmm. you know, like the repercussions long term. I remember when I was doing defense and uh, I had a client that was trying to get the injured worker to settle. And so we had a conference call with the partner at the time that I was working for and their client and me. 
And he was just like, just have them fall off auto pay. Let's see what happens when they fall off auto pay. I bet you that'll get him to settle. Mm. And I was like, no, you are a fucking terrible person. Mm. Like you can, I mean, these people are already having their wages reduced significantly. Yeah. Now to they're like going to lose their house. Half of they're what gonna, they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how would you feel if that was your mom or you or your wife or your daughter or your son or your, I mean, like what in the fuck is wrong with you? So it is easier on this side to wake up every morning because if there if you find a client that you're like oh i don't actually think they suffered a real injury i think they're completely fucking lying we can fire them and we do all the time yeah. because we don't have enough time in our day to represent people that are actually not hurt mm-hmm. right nope. and i think that that is part of the good side that that it gives you the leeway to be able to do that we're on the defense side you'd be like oh i've got to take this fucking position this is not good and and yeah and i will say like especially when i became partner it happened less and less because like i said i i feel like i aligned myself with clients with those clients that would listen to you right but i still would have clients I had a that would sometimes ask me to support unreasonable things and most of them we had the relationship that i would be like I'm gonna need you to. You like, realize back the fuck that's up and, like, insane. Like, you realize like this position is legitimately insane, and then they'd be like, oh, "Okay." Like I had a client one time on a case um, where the injured worker had it was catastrophic, and he had an amputation uh, above the knee amputation, and he was um, work related amputation, and he needed a prosthetic, and there were issues with getting him like mobility. So he primarily was still wheelchair bound, even though he would sometimes utilize the prosthetic because the goal was to get him back walking as much as possible. But at the time he just wasn't. And so my client (laughs) actually was like, well, since it's primarily for cosmetic purposes, do you think that we could like deny the prosthetic? Oh my God. No, and I was like, no. oh, no. no. And I was like, please just listen. And she she laughed at herself after, God bless her. But I was like, she I was like, oh, I actually, just- that makes me sound like a fucking terrible <laughs> yeah, person. Like that's not good. Um, I, you know. had, I had this one terrible client, and I'm not going to say his name because I think we might be friends on the social. But he used to be so hateful, and he would take these terrible positions. And he was like, if you want another file for me, you're going to have to do this. So he was in Columbia one time when I lived in Columbia. <laughs> the MGC guys pawned him off on me halfway through this beer festival because we both did his work. And he's schnockered, makes a bunch of like anti-Semitic comments to me and Ryan because our last name's Hallberg. Shut he was so rude. Up. I got him really drunk. And then I dared him to eat a pickled pig's foot because that was like a random thing at the bar. And he puked his brains out. And I was like... Hey, bye. Uh, it was so <laughs> awful. But he ran up like a $500 charge at this like small bar in Columbia where drinks are a dollar on like Goldschlager shots, like on my tab. And like Columbia drinks were not expensive. I remember having to get Do a Do I know this match. person or no? Have I met him and like drink with him or anything or no? No. Okay. Good. I've not hung out with him. Okay. Well, if you do, I've give me a heads up. I will he fuck with him so thoroughly. Oh, yeah. But he knew. He was like, you're going to put up, you're going to buy all my drinks and you're going to take my positions if you still want my work. And I was like. So adjusters also, I will say this, right? So I had amazing clients too, whenever I ended up like handling all my own files and getting my own work and they were phenomenal and I, and I love them. And I think adjusters for the most part on these, especially workers' compensation claims, some of them are really, really good. They're just really overwhelmed, right? They've got like 400 cases and they don't know what to do and they can't approve things and they're not doing it to be nefarious at all. 
But um, some of them, I remember, so there was a year that I switched firms um, between where I was before, before I went out on the plaintiff's side. And because I had a couple of friends that moved over there and they were lovely and they were like, why don't you come over here? I was like, okay, I'll move over there. So then you get thrown in with all new clients, right? That you don't know. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And we would go out to dinner and they would be like, I'm going to need an extra oh. salmon oh, to wow. go. Oh, yeah. Like the takeout plate, they bring their the, the takeout dinner because the firm's paying for it. And they're like, oh, my daughter's at home. I'm going to get her a $35 oh. salmon. All and the I'm time. Like, what? All the what time. What is wrong with you? They would like, we would host like Manny Petty things. They would bring friends. Of course. They would like order the op surf and turf. It's a very weird, like, it's always surf and turf. Without veil, it's always surf and turf. But it's like a, it's a weird pay-to-play thing Mm -hmm. on the defense side. A lot of times with some of the adjusters, they're like, fuck yeah, I just hit the lottery by Mm -hmm. this job, bitches. I'm going to have these defense attorneys take me out all the time, Mm -hmm. so I'll send them cases. But those are also generally the ones that are gonna, that are a the laziest or b take like the most Crazy absurd positions, positions well, those were on the ones cases. Who would like never send you business? Like no. we would have some adjusters that I will not name names, but that we knew they would come to all the things and and run up the biggest tab. All the free take things. all the swag. No business, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. But you can't really do anything about it because there is the possibility that, that they may. Yep, send they're going to get mad business. at their lawyer one day and yeah. switch it all over. You know. So welcome mm-hmm. to the plaintiff side. You well, don't have you. to do that anymore. Uh, um, I do think it is significantly more uh, favorable and friendly towards female uh, attorneys that have families mm-hmm. um, because, you know, again, if you look at the a lot of the big defense firms, right, you have primarily, I would say, you know, I think it's females make up 50 to 60% of the associates, but like less than 10% of the partners mm-hmm. at um, big <clears throat> law firms in general. And I think it's because it's significantly difficult to be able to raise your children and be on call for a, you know, I've got a sore throat or a tummy ache at school and you've got to leave and you've got depositions scheduled. So the Mm. plaintiff side is much more friendly um, towards that. So we are thrilled to have you. Yeah, cheers. You're going to be so great. Yeah, you're going to do great. Yeah, But coming from the defense side, for our listeners, since you're so fresh, I'm the most removed... From the defense side, because I started plaintiff side in 2011. Rebecca was after me. I was 15. To the plaintiff side. Mm-hmm. And now here you are, 2023. Um, which, just as an aside, really fast, I'm friends with some of your partners uh, in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I knew them prior to you becoming a partner. And um, when I would say, Oh my God, do you know Carrie? And they'd be like, Yes, we love Carrie. And I'd be like, uh, yeah, she's going to come work with me one day. <laughs> Absolutely. She's going to be with me. And they and then I got the announcement that you made partner, and I immediately called them. I was like, you motherfucker. I'll kill you. Like, don't you try and take her away from me. I will get her back. You did so it. I did. You did it. So I just want to say as an aside, I win. Um, but in coming from the defense side in 2023, what should our listeners, um, if they have suffered a work-related injury, what are, the, say, the top three things they should watch out f- for or do, like, from a defense perspective? What are you guys coming at them with most, like, that they need to be most careful about with their claims that are going to be red flags for the defense attorney? Oh, yeah. Well, 
first of all, I think it helps to understand a little bit like what an acclaim, what a claims adjuster does. And you touched on it earlier. Some of them with how the company is run are just crazily overworked. They have too many files. They're constantly just putting out fires. They're not actually handling the claims. Um, but it's their job as a claims adjuster to adjust, to manage risks, to look up red flags, to try to get the case to cost the least amount possible. So sometimes there's nothing you can do, and that is why you hire attorneys like us to help you represent. Sometimes your claim is going to get denied even if you did everything right. Um, But I definitely think that there's some things that injured workers can do to at least even if it's the claim's gonna get denied to put your case in the best position possible to be be successful at trial. So I feel like a lot of times claims are flagged when, you know, one of the initial things is they've been at work for two weeks and they're on an injury. Yes, sometimes it definitely happens. That's just always one that's going to be flagged. It may be denied. You just need to be ready they to explain it. They just started. It, I mean, God, it, I, I hate that. You know, it Ugh. happens all the time. And honestly, like, I feel like we would find that information out. Like, how long have they been employed there? And most of the claims that were disputed were ones that were only employed for a short amount of time. Prior or to were they hurt on a Monday? They come in first thing Monday morning. You're it's like, always a red flag. Exactly. Yeah. It's always a red flag. But also, like, reporting the injury timely. I know sometimes, you know, reporting it to the appropriate channels, if you know who those are. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they've never been involved in a work-related injury. Um, but also, like... I feel like sometimes injured workers can be their own worst enemies when they try to make their case seem worse than it is. Like, Mm -hmm. just be straightforward about your symptoms. Like, be straightforward. Don't add body parts that aren't really there. Don't say 10 out of 10. Don't say 10 out of 10 means you have to go to the ER right then and you're screaming. Exactly. Like, we were talking to some doctors last night and they were like... You know, when you come in and see us for your claim, like, don't say that you're 10 out of 10 in pain. Don't don't claim that your pinky finger hurts when you fell on your back, you know? Like, try to be as specific as possible. And also, don't lie about prior conditions. Like, as adjusters, they have the tools to find out everything. They will put surveillance on you. They will run an ISO search. They will run a medical canvas. They are going to find out. And in Georgia pre-existing conditions are compensable it's compensable if you have an an aggravation so like sometimes Mm -hmm. i would have clients or like you know plaintiffs on a case that would lie about a pre-existing condition and then the claim would get denied because they'd find out about it because they're going to find out about it they always do they have the means Mm -hmm. to do it so like be upfront. You know, and, and like I said, sometimes they're still going to deny it because that just happens. That's how the workers' comp system is. And But again, really fast, just for our people, because you just said things extraordinarily articulately, but at a very quick amount of time. If someone has a pre-existing condition, for example, I've had an anterior lumbar mm-hmm. fusion, right? So mm-hmm. if I hurt my back at work lifting something else, then I would say I had a fusion before, but now I'm feeling this in this area or it hurts in the same area. Something's not right, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to lie about it and be like, I never had a fusion oh, yeah. because they're going to get my records Everyone's and they're going to so be quickly. like, bitch, you had a fusion. Like mm-hmm. now you're lying and they're going to always bring that up during a deposition. They're mm-hmm. going to bring that up during your trial. It does. It's not a good look. It's not. No. And it mm-hmm. makes, it's a credibility issue. And so that not only goes unfavorable with the doctors because 
you know, defense counsel and the adjusters are going to be sending those records to the doctors. Immediately. They're going to be calling them. They're going to be getting questionnaires. That's what they do. They have the expendable income to do that. Um, so I've, you know, on this, since switching sides, that's the first thing. I'm like, don't lie to me. Because if I'm in your deposition and they start asking me you about something that you told me previously you didn't have, I can't help you. Like, Mm-mm. I say that to every single one of our clients. I'll be like, hey, guess what? I'm your lawyer. Now tell me all of your shit right Mm -hmm. now. Because if you, if I get surprised at your deposition, I might fire you because then I'm not going to trust you. No. Like, well, and you can't fix, once it's a dep, like once it comes out in a depot, you're done. 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 I can fix you all day before you get under Mm -hmm. sworn testimony and they go, but do you remember this? And they'll be like, ah. Oh, oh, yeah, maybe I do. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? Yeah. You can have a case that's a $100,000 case. Go to a $10,000 mm-hmm. case in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. So it happened don't to me with your old your partner, lawyer. Chris. Oh, he, he'll oh, find Whitlock some. Will. He'll find some. Yeah, yeah. he a great case. Yeah. He couldn't he's wait. A good, he's aggressive, but mm-hmm. I he's a good lawyer. Good yep. attorney. And he was a great lawyer to learn under, as mm-hmm. was Lynn. Um, so another thing about our bar, which I found this... Uh, so a lot of times as a lawyer, when we, we have a very small bar in the workers' comp section, I would say. Um, so you have cases against the same defense attorneys. You have, you know, co-counsel. You, you talk to the same attorneys all the time on these cases. And so we were taking, um, Carrie and I were up taking depositions in a COVID death case. And we're up uh, in another attorney's office and we're talking to the uh, defense attorneys and we're kind of ribbing them and joking with them and busting their balls a little bit because that's what we do. And, um, you know, the, the widow was sitting next to us and I had to say to her, just so you know, we've we've had many cases with these attorneys. So this is not just us like being nice to the other side. I mm-hmm. think that... That is another aspect that a lot of injured workers or plaintiffs, if they've been involved in a personal injury case, don't understand is if you if you know the other attorneys, you're going to talk to them more in a friendly manner. Mm-hmm. And P.S., if they like you, they're always going to pay you more on their cases. Oh, absolutely. So it's huge. Absolutely. I mean, but I've heard that before, like from a, a claimant that fired their old attorney and they were like, well, I mean, he walked in and just chummed it up with the defense attorney. I was like, he will get yeah. you more the money on your case. Absolutely. Money. I have the same thing that I tell my client before his depot because I'm friends with it was Ann Bishop. And I go, look, we serve on boards together. Like, we're friends. She's going to give you a tough depot. But we're friends, and she'll probably pay more pay me more money because we're friends. Because oh, absolutely, so I do like, that all the time. Get, if I liked yeah. opposing counsel, yeah. I would just kick in a little mm-hmm. bit more on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean that difference. that's what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and so it is a very small bar, and I think that is important for our listeners to understand is that especially if you suffer a work related injury in Georgia, do not be turned off by the fact that your attorney may or may not talk friendly with opposing counsel because they yeah. will always pay you more money if they like you. Mm-hmm. It's typically mm-hmm. a good sign. Yeah. You can still be cordial with people and be aggressive and try a good case. And Absolutely. I think that that's what I learned from the attorneys who mentored me is, you know, you can still be pleasant and cordial and nice and friendly and still like fucking kick their ass at court. All Absolutely. the time. That's why we're so glad you're with us. Yeah. Well, we're so excited. 
We are. We're um, so happy to have fun. you. Welcome to the Thank team. You. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining coming. us on the podcast today. We needed some ginger bomb diversity oh, yeah. I love it. on our team. Um, <laughs> At least have another blonde. So cheers to our listeners. Cheers to uh, oh, these yes. delicious old fashions. And you guys can find us on Spotify, YouTube iTunes, no, iTunes, whatever. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast yeah. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll be back next week. We will. Right. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.